0: Welcome to the Radio 191 FM podcast. Now we are on air with Olivia Egerton from the Ara'aha Art Exhibition. Olivia, how are
1: you? Good, thanks. It's another beautifully cold morning here in Tahuna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, but we've got fresh snow, so everyone's pretty excited about that. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, gosh. So you're, yeah, wow, that must be lovely. Um, we're here to talk about the Ara'aha Art Installation. Um, which is going on at the Ate Mera in Queenstown. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about it.
1: So um Araiawa has been a project that's been about two years in the making um, with um, well-known national and international artist, Rachel Rakiner, uh, who is a uh, Oti Porti, uh local uh, um, and um, has for a long time done a lot of amazing work in uh, and um, so we connected with her through the Paimanu show that was held at Dunedin Public Art Gallery uh, two years ago, and with a group of 11 uh, collaborators, well known uh, probably to many uh, of you, uh, including Lawton Cora and um, Mike Busy, or Mike Bridgman, as he's known uh, from. Uh, Mike, special effects, uh, Lawton, of course, Cora, and LAB and a number of other musical uh, bands um, that you've probably played. Um, but um, um, a lead with Rachel on this project was Paulette Tamati-Aleif, uh, who um, has done a lot of work uh, in the environment in this region uh, and her son, Tumai Cassidy. And so um, it is uh, really special to be able to present... Uh, work that explores our local environment in Tahuna in Lake Wukitipu, um, and Lake Wakatipu and and also presented by some of New Zealand's most well-known artists. That's great.
0: It's great to hear, you know, like connecting with the music that we play on Radio 1. It's a lovely little connection there. Um, can you describe the installation for us and also its significance to both the region and in regards to uh, Aoteamira in general?
1: Yeah, so um, uh, the work itself is an immersive installation uh, that takes the whole gallery. The whole gallery actually has been darkened out and um, what you're struck by as you walk through the door is the immediacy of a haunting... um, or an Apakura, Lament, um, sung by a solo female voice, which is Paulette. And um, she takes the position of tuna that are unable to follow the ancestral trails or her tīpuna have followed for a millennia. And um, the eel, um, uh, which I'll explain sort of how she's represented, but is kind of expressing her grief that she can't find the passage out to the ocean to release uh, her eggs uh, for the life cycle of the tuna too occur so when you walk into the gallery um Ross Hemera uh, who's also actually currently exhibiting at Dunedin Public Art Gallery with another exhibition uh, has created um, a very geometric uh, pattern on the floor of eels leading up to um, seven screens um, all of different sizes or monitors, um, some small some very large, that form a structure like a dam. Uh, so we're kind of referencing uh, the Clyde Dam um, and then on the other side of it, Ross Hemera has sort of laid a message of hope in that the the uh, eels will be able to traverse through the dam at some point with some solution and out uh, into the tributaries and to the ocean. Um, that part of the installation on the floor at the back is actually the power cable that runs to the monitors that actually powers the work. Um, The work itself is shot in in the Divo Targo pool. So um, uh, we have got huge thanks uh, to Virginia Watson and the team there who um, recorded some of the underwater scenes of um, Donna Matihiri Tariki in, in an extraordinary Amber Bridgman couture dress Um, she becomes the eel swimming and finding her path um, through so the monitors show um, they start (coughs) with a view from up the Dart River so for any of you who know that space Beautiful deep uh, beach forest. So the eel is popping in and out of the water, um, or a camera <laughs> took the like like an eel in and out of the water, all the way through. In the clarity of up there is that crisp, uh, you know, uh, very clear water. All the way through down through the rivets um, to sort of more murkier waters where you sort of see a lot of uh, I guess people activity, um, and then you're struck. Uh, on the monitors by this vision of um, very industrial man-made, the dam itself Um, and um, that's kind of the story of the tuna basically getting to the blockage so um, Araiawa itself actually means uh, a a blockage um, uh, and so I guess it's referenced in the title of the exhibition as well as um, what you see in front of you Yeah,
0: Nice. I did watch some videos of it, some quick little YouTube videos, which I would recommend anybody check out if they're interested in it. And it it is stunning. It's visually stunning. And you're right, it does really strike you with that haunting feeling when you're watching those Mm. videos. Um, I'm really curious, what kind of conversations are you guys hoping are prompted as a result of this exhibition?
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, first of all, it's just actually uh, what we've been struck by there's about 2,000 people who come through the doors each week, and what we've been struck by the response is, whilst it's a more te teo lament um, that comes across, the soundscape that Lawton has created um, really gives you the sense of hope. And um, and what the artists were trying to shine a light on is is that you know we have these uh, indigenous eels within the lake, and for some people that in the first instance is quite a moment of like wow we didn't realize you know it's a very cold lake if you've ever fallen in um uh, (laughs) i think it sits at about 18 degrees all year round but um you know that that actually in itself uh is a moment of gosh there's a whole ecosystem um that we can't see that lives in the lake and then the music actually gives you that sense of opportunity and freedom for hey we could actually think about some solutions um I guess it's um, uh, Rachel Rakina in her work over decades has um, shone a light on kind of environmental challenges and, um, and how do we uh, um, look at sort of um, what's in our waters um, and so this is an opportunity for I guess to raise the uh, subject matter into the community um, to leave everyone with a sense of hope. Eels actually do live a very long life so while the youngest deals, I think they said, were about 40 years old that live in the lake at the moment. Uh, we still do have time. And also, um, you know, I guess a chance for people to think more broadly about what could solutions look like.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm very interested in uh, art installation as a whole. Uh, obviously mm. a very, very kind of newer, modern art form and a very impactful art form. I. Uh, but creating that in a space where you're also talking about these, like, very environmental, very, you know, not at all industrial, obviously, issues of industrialization, but, you know, how do you feel connecting that modern thing with something that is just very inherent to nature and the land?
1: Well, I think, I mean, our Tiatumere is only 15 months old. We're a young uh, organisation that's come out of COVID, really, and probably a couple of decades in the making for... Tahuna and um, I guess uh, our whole curatorial programme over the last 18 months um, or 15 and then but it will be sort of for the first two years of our life is about place and space and shining a light on topics that explore that um, within the gallery um we've had some other deean artists actually uh, Miranda Bellamy and Amanda Fateau um do some work around schist an exhibition called Stone moves and about the geologies that we live within but also um the biology of life and plants that get caught uh, in that metamorphic process so it's been um I guess the power of conceptual art is that it can take an idea and um and be interpreted in a way that's Quite passive, and actually, that presents an opportunity for people to engage without feeling sort of major conflict or um, that we should be thinking one way or another. And I guess um, when you get to work with, you know, such amazing artists and bring that high quality art to the regions, uh, we actually seed uh, opportunity for us to think about the place we live in in different ways. Um, so yeah, I think art has a really important place in our society more and more as we move into the creative, you know, the fourth, I think they call it revolution and yeah. the creative, um, that, that we are in a creative age and that more and more we do need creativity to help um, shine lights and solve problems that, um, they, it, you know, it happens in quite a peaceful way. And I think that's really important.
0: Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, art is, it is a political form. It is so inherently a political form. What about the emotional responses that you're getting from
1: people who come in? Um, Well, interestingly enough, actually, because we're a space that has... um, 21 other spaces, so we have a lot of people coming for dance classes and music classes and um, language classes and all sorts of things um, It's been really fascinating to watch actually um, the tamariki and um, Rangatahi who actually spend time you know, watching uh, I mean, I guess monitors are, are a big part of <laughs> how they're growing up, but also uh, being quite enthralled in the very dark space that is the gallery um, and sort of um, There's a lot of hope, actually, around, you know, when we understand our environment better, we can do better. And so um, the soundscape, I think, lends itself to that, but also, uh, yeah, there seems to be a lot of hope, actually, in uh, understanding more of the plight of the tuna. And the one other thing that's really come forth as to, especially as we come into um, Māori Language Week, is... You know, the, the younger generations actually have a deeper knowledge of Tareo, and therefore um, the understanding of the environment is also um, when, you know, there's more sort of first language Tareo, there's opportunity there. So that's pretty special.
0: This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.